welcome to Beyond the Now. This is a podcast where we dial in on the challenges that businesses and consumers are facing to secure the future of IoT. My name is David, and I'm the Director of Secure Devices Ecosystem at Arm, a founder of PSA Certified. And in this podcast, we'll be joined by experts from across the tech sector, all with a shared vision of securing the IoT and building a connected society. In this episode, I'm excited to be joined and speaking to Brad Reed, who is the CTO of IOXT Alliance. Brad, welcome. How are you doing, David? I'm good, thank you. And it's excellent to have you here. I thought we'd start off really simple, actually, and kind of give you the floor and perhaps you could introduce yourself to the folks and tell us a bit about what you're up to. Sure thing. So leading the IOXT Alliance, what we're really doing over here is We've got a group of leading technology manufacturers, retailers, ecosystem operators, and network operators, along with silicon providers, all really looking to address the core security concerns around consumer electronic devices so that we can really remove those concerns, improve security, and ultimately increase the adoption rate of these connected devices in our lives. So that at its real core is what we're doing. We built a security pledge, which is really our baseline security requirements. And from that, we've now launched and certified devices, literally ranging from light bulbs to cell phones, dog collars to connected buildings. So this is sort of the kind of scope that that we're really working on. That sounds very cool. I was just thinking back, actually, I think that you and I, met a couple of years ago when you were in the UK and you were just starting to uh, to introduce IOXT back then. But what's your background? Are you in security before the IOXT journey? And, and maybe just a few words on how you've sort of got that up and running, because I can see that you're making impressive progress with where you are today. Yeah. It's, so uh, on a personal background, and it is sort of interesting, I've been in uh, communication systems for a long time, doing cable modems when those were first coming on out and everything. But it is actually really interesting. If you look at, especially here in the United States, what you see is a whole bunch of us really started in smart grid. And so we were really looking at all these use cases of doing load shifting of your washing machine and controlling thermostats Mm -hmm. and all of these early kind of things sort of had the smell of smart home, but was tied to national infrastructure. So what you see is a whole bunch of the smart home guys really tie back to the smart grid. And and that's where you'll see this heritage of security come, right? So if you're talking about national infrastructure, you've got to have high security, high availability and things like that. So that's really where my background comes. And, And it's interesting that you point that out because If you look at a lot of the other folks, especially in the smart home space, almost all have at least a little tie back to the smart grid side. And Mm. and even I know over in the UK, you guys are, um, you know, building out your your smart grid, doing these in-home displays, Um, you know, so, so there is a lot of overlap from these. And from that, really, there was, at least in the United States, there was a a bit of stimulus that drove a bunch of us into that space. Mm. And then we all looked around and realized, well, you know, Utilities probably aren't the most consumer driving for these kind of things, and we've drifted over to other places. So really, when we formed the IOXT Alliance, 
it was more or less the original kickoff meeting happened to even be tied into an IoT sort of think tank focused on how, you know, are we on track to ship billions of devices? Mm. And if not, what's in the way? Yeah. And when you looked around the table, it happened to be mostly all the large ecosystems and frankly, the folks who are on our board, right? The Googles and Amazon, Comcast, T-Mobile, these kind mm. of guys. So yeah, it's, it is sort of interesting where this all comes back to. Yeah, and it's that it's that catalyst of of what are the barriers, isn't it? You know, we can probably drill into that a bit as we move along. But you know, having having been on that IoT journey, well, I guess we've been on that IoT journey since it was called machine to machine. You know, it's kind of been a long it's been a long journey. But I think we all share the same vision of you know how to scale the market, how to kind of unlock that digital transformation, um, which you know we've kind of spoken about with with other folks that have joined this podcast. And I think that, you know, we kind of obsess a lot about the connectivity. So a device has to be able to connect. Um, we obsess a lot about its functionality. It's I guess it's cost. Um, but if you follow that logic along, actually security underpins everything, doesn't it? You know, if you've got a if you have a vision of, you know, it used to be a billion and now it's a trillion connected devices, um, you better make sure you have some pretty good underpinning in order to to deploy at scale. And and I presume that's sort of the the seed that created IOXT Alliance that we're seeing today. Oh, absolutely. And and the fun of IoT, right? There is a lot of different things in that T. Mm. So, you know, and back to you know, when I mentioned sort of the light bulbs of cell phones. Um, that literally is the challenge, right? You, what you want is security that is is you know strong enough to prevent attacks. You you definitely want it to be easy enough to be deployed, but it also has to scale globally. Has to scale from the smallest of microcontrollers to full up microprocessors running mm. Android, right? Mm. Um, and even the user interface on a light bulb is pretty minimal, right? It's basically yeah. power on and off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it it is a really interesting complex challenge. I, w- one interesting story I'll, I'll share is we actually had a fire truck come through our certification program. It happened to be the communication systems for the fire truck, mm. but I leave it at a fire truck because it's more fun to talk about. But that was one of those interesting places where we do want strong security. But some of the accessibility, ultimately, we just couldn't get it through our security pledge because in that case, right, you really can't have firemen calling the IT department to reset a password. So there is this interesting bounding for what is secure enough for the application. Mm. Yeah, and I guess that's a pretty tricky question to answer, isn't it? How do you define good enough? and set the bar. I presume that that's a, that's a major part of IOXT approach is to set a bar that the industry can understand from a, a sort of an end market point of view. Is, is that the rationale to, in terms of the scheme? It, it, it really is. And on its surface, you know, what we talk about is we're constantly reminding folks throughout our, our meetings as we're working through standards and, and growing things into new markets where we focus on the specs have to be testable, scalable, and impactful to the consumer. And on its surface, that sounds sort of apple pie, nice and everything, but it is sort of challenging that when we look at things, it's constantly, hey, people should make security easy. Mm. Okay, well, how do you test that, right? 
And, and then, you know, how do you scale it to billions of devices? So it's definitely an interesting problem. Mm, that's for sure. And who who are your customers? So, you know, which which problems is, is IOXT directly addressing? How does that play out? Where we start right now is we started very strong on the smart home, right? Um, mm. Connected consumer products. That was the area that we originally focused on mostly because, one, there were really no industry-wide accepted standards for that space. There were a lot of companies doing the right things, but a couple companies doing very wrong things and tarnishing the entire industry, which was resulting in a lot of governments starting to wake up to the scale and scope of these devices and starting to look at regulating. Mm. So where IOXT really started in that smart home space was let's set industry standards from what the best practices of all of our large members who are doing you know, the right things and help guide the regulator so that there's reasonable regulations, right? We, mm. we one, one thing that we had in the United States is here in this state, each state can make up their own laws. We, of course, have a national, you know, federal kind of thing. But the time, and, and even still now, the federal government hadn't created too many guidelines. So you had California start with one law. But then you saw to the north of us, Oregon, looked at our uh, California law and said, oh, that's great, but I want to add something. And so we we now see like, you know, a dozen or half dozen of these where each one slightly different and God help the light bulb that needs to ship to Mississippi (laughs) and meet their password requirements. It's it's, it's sort of like, no, no, we we can't have this fragment. Yeah, exactly. So that's really where our goal is stop the fragmentation. You know, we we understand that there's multiple markets. We understand Mm. that. You know, Europe may have a slightly different focus than North America, but how do we build sort of an IoT passport for the manufacturers and help them work between all these? Mm. Yeah, and that's all part of the scalable question anyway, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're in a global environment. You know, the ability to have hundreds or thousands of SKUs of each device to fit particular regional regulations is just going to at worst, it's going to hold back or just kill the market in terms of how this plays out. So solving that is critical. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was kind of having a look at the website. It's ioxtalliance.org, isn't it? And we can we can make sure that, you know, links are shared and, and all of that. Now, it looks like you have a scheme where you actually have a, a QR code with labeling. And how does that work? Is, it'd be good to <laughs> talk that through a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, what we do, and we actually, our certification sort of an interesting thing. So we have our baseline requirement and then profiles. And what profiles were really doing was trying to address the unique nature of a device or market. Mm. So one great example of a profile is we have a smart speaker profile. And then the the smart speaker manufacturers, they pointed out that there was like a laser attack on the MEMS microphone that allowed people to do nonverbal verbal attacks, right? So um, for that sector, they really cared about that. So their profile includes our base, but also includes like optical shielding around the microphones. Okay. So that that's really what they've got. Then when you take your device with the profile, we do 
two types, either lab certification um, or we have a path of self-certification. But our self-certification, the unique thing that we do is we balance that with researcher rewards. So essentially, we put out bug bounties on the certification data. So it's a quicker path, but it's not just left to whatever someone says. It's balanced against what researchers find in the field. So there's those two pieces. The other thing that we have, and because of that researcher, we even put that on our lab stuff. So it's continually getting evaluated throughout the life of the product. Even if there's new firmware versions, those out in the field, the researchers can see them and can submit things. Because of that dynamic nature of the certification, we created a QR code that is our certification stamp. So, you know, as soon as you get certified, you get the stamp and code. But what we wanted to be able to do is allow consumers to see, has anything changed, mm-hmm. right? Has there been any extra threats? Has there been improvements or things like that? Along with, we've taken the approach of a simple QR code that just lands you at it's certified. But then you can dig deeper and deeper, and it, and it provides a way so that the average consumer can see it's certified. But those who want more information keep digging down, digging Digging. down. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And then we're doing some interesting things where we link to related products and other secured things, other ecosystems, stuff like Mm. that. Okay. Now, that sounds very cool. And it it definitely reflects the, I guess, the dynamic life cycle of a device and the fact that you can't simply ship and forget. It's something we talk about a lot around best practice, the fact that a device needs to be managed during its life cycle from birth, during its life cycle and end of life, and in terms of how it's kept up to date, how it's been built with best practice, it links really well to that by the sounds of it. Do you think that the fact there's a mechanism for, I can't remember how you described it now, but effectively to declare vulnerabilities, I guess, through that, do you think manufacturers are open to that? Do you think they embrace that approach? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I kind of nervy. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But it, so, so we we have these eight principles, but in reality, mm. they boil up to three things: mm. security, upgradability, and transparency. Mm. And we really view these three sort of in a circle, being linked together. And um, you know, just like you talked about with security, right? I I always remind people that security is not a product; mm. it's a process right? Just because you're secure today doesn't mean that it's going to be secure forever. Because of that, you better have upgradability. And transparency to us means two things. One, we really want consumers to know the security of a device so that honestly, those doing the right things will get a premium out in the market. There's been several studies put out, really, right? Consumers do truly want secure devices, they just can't tell what's secure or not. Mm. The other side of the transparency, though, is a channel for researchers, users, people like that to report vulnerabilities back. And that vulnerabilities, right, that channel of listening and being open to it, the leaders in the space have been doing this for years. This is actually one of the areas that we see legislation coming down. So there's a bill being discussed in the UK, right, that's talking about no fixed passwords, 
security expiration date, and vulnerability disclosure programs. In the U.S., there's uh, vulnerability disclosure programs are being required in some of the laws that are being discussed there. So that was a long-winded way of saying, you know, I think a lot of companies are open to it, but the rest of the companies just may not have a choice. I think that's going to become the minimum. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting that you that you phrase it in that way. And it's that balance, isn't it, of the, the regulation coming down and enforcing certain behaviors. And then I guess on the flip side, a sort of an industry best practice and self-regulation. Exactly. Yeah, I think, and, and this is where, um, from a regulations, we know there's going to be regulations, but what we want to make sure is that regulations aren't so high that connected light bulbs can no longer be sold, right? We we want to make sure that they're reasonable and balanced and allow companies to innovate and to drive for unique solutions. So that is sort of the interesting regulatory tightrope. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think, you know, to to segue really nicely, I think, you know, this comes through collaboration. And, and one of the collaborations that we wanted to talk about a little bit today is the announcement that IOXT Alliance and PSA Certified made a couple of weeks ago, which we're really excited about. Um, I'd love to hear you actually sort of have a little sort of summary, if you like, around the value that you see of that collaboration and how a scheme such as PSA certified and the mission that we're on dovetails into what we've just been discussing. Sure. It absolutely is interesting. And the two organizations, we really do fit well together because what IOXT Alliance is focused on is products and services. And when we're talking about products and services, it includes devices, but we even have some mobile application stuff that we're doing and, you know, literally apps, right? Mm. But um, what we look at is our original core pledge is baseline. It's the minimums that companies should do to get into the market. As I mentioned, we have these profiles that go above and beyond. In one of our profiles, and actually it was a smart speaker profile that started this, we, you know, our baseline does not require hardware root of trust because in some connected low, low end products, that was a bar that was probably above what some of the markets mm-hmm. absolutely required. However, for any significant device that has any security or privacy, you've got to have trusted hardware, right? You've got to have that, uh, that secure processor. But when we looked around at what we were doing, being at, once again, products and services, we weren't focused on the hardware. And that's where we looked around in the industry. We, uh, we definitely saw what, uh, what you guys, right? The PSA certified, yep. this was your bread and butter. So it was one of those things where why create fragmentation when we could just partner and inherit those test cases where we require a hardware root of trust and secure mm. boot, as long as you're PSA certified, you would be inherited through that process. Mm. Um, and then that way we sort of get best of class of everything. So trusted hardware is needed for trusted devices. Yeah. And thus, that was sort of the birth of this relationship. Yeah, no, it's it's super exciting. And I think just to to kind of look at it from the other way around. I mean, right from the inception of PSA certified, you know, the vision has been effectively to 
align the chip industry in that vision of delivering a route of trust. How they achieve that, actually, there's many ways and they can differentiate around that. But having a route of trust in a consistent way that offers, you know, for folks that don't understand, a route of trust is where you perform all of your secure operations on a system on a chip. So it's hardware protected. You can do your storage, you can do your crypto, attestation, a bunch of stuff. So, you know, you trust your route of trust and you anchor everything else from that. And I think that, you know, the last couple of years and the momentum we've seen around the chip industry aligning around that. And there is a, I guess there's a a kind of a hysteresis in the chip industry because the time it takes for the generation of products to come out that have roots of trust built in and for the time for that to propagate through to OEM products, there is a lag. It does take time. And so you recognize that there could be a class of device below there that doesn't have a root of trust, but actually over time, you know, we fully expect the majority of the market to have a root of trust based security model. And actually it's foundational, you know, other so having a scheme that recognizes that is exactly the vision that we kind of hoped for, I guess, with this PSA certified journey. Yeah, and the other thing that's great with the PSA certification is it helps drive where, once again, IOXT is focused more consumer, commercial, mm. things like that. You guys, your people who are certified are the chip vendors, and the users of the chips are the engineers. And what you really want to be able to do is provide to that group of people some transparency around what was implemented and, you know, that hardware root of trust actually means something versus just doing it Mm -hmm. in software and and providing that boundaries and market separation of those who have a hardware root of trust and and provide Mm -hmm. secure silicon, you know, truly industry recognized secure silicon is very valuable and it, and it just cuts the noise out of the market. Yeah, there's so much value in exactly where we're trying to solve the problems at the device to the consumer, you're solving the problems of the silicon for the engineer and, and it's a great partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Super excited about that. So you you speak a lot about consumer um and and we can see, you know, in terms of the the great progress that you're making there. Do you see IOXT having a kind of touch points beyond consumer? We've actually really, just this year, expanded pretty heavily into commercial lighting. And back to the fragmentation discussion that we were having, there was another standard here in the United States that deals with energy stimulus, and they didn't have a security standard as part of their requirements. So they added IOXT and a couple others, which has really caused this catalyst for the commercial building guys to start coming in and look at certification. So that's been a real large growth area for us. And also, if you look at a lot of the folks who make things like smart plugs and connected bulbs and things like that, they tend to have a consumer and commercial aspect to their business. Mm. So you're absolutely right. We were originally really formed to address the consumer electronics issue, but we've grown now into very much in the smart building space. And cellular IoT has been another real big growth area for us as the Google Android team has joined the alliance back uh, pretty early on. Mm. We've actually launched a, or we're part of the Android Enterprise Recommended Program so that uh, 
you know, enterprise class customers can look for cell phones that uh, carry the IOXT certification. Okay. Okay. So, so out of interest, if, if a cell phone has an IOXT certification at a very broad level, what does that mean? Yeah, that's a broad a really level. Good a broad level, <laughs> not, not, not the three-hour version. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. <laughs> no, no. So, so it is interesting. What we did for that market because it, we once again we created a profile, and that profile really addressed things like you know we have a, a no universal password requirement, mm. right? That's our yeah. baseline. Yeah. So, no admin, admin, and then that's great. And we measure the strength of stuff. But what's interesting is what is a password on a cell phone? And a password on a cell phone is actually the biometrics. Mm. So our certification actually says, how good is the biometrics? And the better that your biometrics are, the higher your level in that space is. Okay. So these are the kind of things that we really looked at. Because honestly, right, if you pick up a phone, how do you know how, how accurate that fingerprint scanner is? Mm. And so these are the kind of things, especially when you're talking about enterprise folks, if you're tying any sort of payment or authentication to these things, that starts to matter to you quite a bit. So that's where we took, like I said, our core principles, but then we turned it to uh, address specific markets. Mm. No, that's that's really interesting. And I can, yeah, there's a profound reliance on the mobile platform anyway whether that's the enterprise or in your personal life with with payments and everything else that we rely on and i can see a lot of overlap with what we've been discussing from an iot point of view in terms of you know having that baseline security capability and understanding what you've got underneath yeah and, and to stress the importance of this psa certification even in that space so another area that we measure is we, one of our requirements is to use proven cryptography. Mm-hmm. But in that profile, what we really look at is, you know, we're trying to drive people to use the cryptography provided by the platform. Mm-hmm. And where IOXT sits, what we're talking about is the Android platform, right? So cool. don't go roll your own stuff. There's great uh, crypto proven from Android. But what does Android count on? They count on the crypto built into the hardware, right? Preventing side channel attacks and yeah. things like that. So, so you could see very quickly if you're talking about these high level things, they always tie back to the silicon. They do. You get back to the uh, to the chip industry pretty quick. Yeah, and I think there's there is a growing awareness. I mean, obviously, you know, sort of you and I live and breathe it. But you know, the fact that security isn't an afterthought it, it really is built in from the beginning and that just underpins that i think in terms of the security services that the chip guys make available and then how those security services are picked up and used by developers so actually the developers don't have to have a detailed under the hood understanding of security they're picking up apis they're making use of secure services that are provided by the chip platform and then under the hood the chip guys have implemented, as you say, you know, trusted cryptography, secure storage and key management, and so on and so forth. So that's it's exactly. kind of a hierarchy that enables this scaling. Yeah, it's really interesting and, and fascinating, actually, to bring it across to uh, to the mobile platform. I kind of traditionally at this point take a pause, actually, because we're, we're almost half an hour through, can you believe, and hand the floor to you, actually, in terms of fascinating discussion and there's so many great 
kind of insights and overlaps with security and and how it helps to create and scale markets. Um, you know, Brad, it'd be great to hear your closing sort of comments and perhaps advice to the listeners. And I'm sure some of that advice might be to visit your website. But um, you know, the, the sort of the what's the advice, the takeaway, I guess, for the folks listening to uh, to the podcast. Yeah, so the biggest advice that I have for folks is you absolutely, one, need to drive security through. It definitely is a process. You'll bring it in at the design. You can't add five pounds of security right before you ship. That doesn't work. It has to be part of your culture, part of your engineering practice. The other very critical thing, though, is you know regulations are ramping up more and more. You really don't want to go it alone. Work with an alliance, be it IOXT or others. But last place you want to be is the uh, the scraggler out there that when things go wrong, because they will always go wrong, you really want to be following best practices. You know, part of the herd. You don't want to be the guys mm. left behind. Yeah. yeah. So that that really, from a security standpoint, is super critical. And then, you know, like say, what we have over at the IOXT Alliance, come check us out, IOXTAlliance.org. We got a great uh, certification program, constantly adding new profiles to address different markets. And then we also have a really big public policy work group where we're dealing with uh, the, the global regulations and trying to make sure that all of our members know what's coming and give them a voice back to the regulators. So, this is an emerging market where you want to pay attention. And then best of all, uh, make sure that you base your products on PSA certified <laughs> silicon, right? <laughs> and, and you know, for the avoidance of doubt, I, I didn't sort of try and caress Brad into saying that. He's <laughs> full transparency. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, of course, no, I completely it, agree. But no, you're, yeah. Exactly. No, in all seriousness, if you don't have secured silicon and things like that, it's hard to achieve these higher level mm. um, security requirements. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, that's superb, Brad. And um, I really appreciate talking to you today. It's been fascinating. And thank you to IOXT as well. You know, I know that the folks behind the scenes are doing a lot of good work. And um, thank you to them. It's been a fascinating discussion. I think it's offered some great insights into the challenges and opportunities that we share in IoT and how we achieve scale. You know, as we said, working through all these barriers to growth and actually security underpins it all. There's no doubt. And it's not something that you do as an afterthought. Thank you to our listeners. And please share your thoughts on social media. And if you do, then make sure you tag us at PSA Certified. And you can check out as well the, the website, PSACertified.org, for more information and resources. And uh, you can read the press release that we'd made with IOXT Alliance as well on there and follow the links. So we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. And thank you again for listening. And we look forward to you joining us again for the next episode of Beyond the Now. Thank you very much, Brad. Thank you.